Hi everyone, I'm JJ Hornblast and welcome to the Roadmap from Auto Finance News since 1996, the leading news source on the automotive lending and leasing industry. This is our weekly wrap for what's happening in auto finance as of February 2nd, 2021. Uh, thanks go out to Auto Finance News Advertisers, Exeter Finance, and uh, Strook and & Strook and & Levan for their continuing support. So thank you to, to them. And uh, so happy to be joined by Joey Pizzolatto and Amanda Harris of the Auto Finance News Team. Hi to both of you. Uh, first to our general news. Uh, in general news, silver futures settled an eight-year high, um, settled at an eight-year high in New York on Monday, which uh, was the work of a loosely knit group of uh, investment speculators. Today, February 2nd, Amazon and Google are expected to report quarterly record earnings driven by online holiday shopping. Tesla announced that it would recall roughly 135,000 Model S vehicles over a touchscreen failure issue. A major winter storm blanketed parts of the mid-Atlantic in up to two feet of snow on Monday, delaying COVID-19 vaccinations and testing. This uh, storm also blanketed New York. I'm in New York. I was in Central Park yesterday. It was unbelievable. The pandemic, finally, the pandemic has motivated people to buy Life insurance, uh, the Wall Street Journal reports, life insurance applications jumped 4% in 2020 in the United States. This is the highest year-over-year -year annual growth rate since 2001. And in auto finance industry news, uh, there were several uh, important players in the auto finance industry that released earnings in the last several days. Uh, we're gonna cover some of them during this podcast and we're gonna start with US Bank, which saw an uptick in fourth quarter delinquencies and net charge-offs, but a decrease in, in its credit loss uh, provision. What is happening at US Bank in its uh, auto finance business? I'll take that one. Um, yeah, so like you mentioned, uh, we did see an uptick in delinquencies and charge-off rates um, in the fourth quarter. That was expected um, because we know that assistance programs, stimulus, you know, all of that really propped up consumers the last couple quarters um, since the pandemic hit. So this was, was definitely expected at U.S. Bank um, to start seeing that go up. Uh, and of course, that could change because we know that there is some new stimulus that's being talked about. Um, and floated right now. Um, so it really depends on, you know, how much that goes, how quickly, um, and whether that kind of props people up again, then they may, we might see them drop off again, um, you know, in the coming quarters. But this was kind of an expected uptick based on, based on that. Um, but because auto lenders really kind of, you know, felt like basically prepared for the worst, you know, hope for the best, prepare for the worst, 
they really did that when the pandemic hit. So they really upped their, you know, allowance for credit losses, um, you know, liquidity, all that became a, their focus, having cash on hand. Um, so they, they upped it so much and then they didn't actually see, you know, the decline in their credit performance to the extent that they kind of expected or prepared for. So now we're seeing where U.S. Bank, um, you know, a good example of that, where they've kind of done enough that they don't have to continue to kind of put aside um, and add to their allowance going forward. So right now, this kind of pullback is basically them saying, we've done what we need to do. We think we're in a good position to handle even further credit deterioration in the coming quarters. Um, so to kind of level that out, and we're seeing that in other players as well. I mean, U.S. Bank is one of the most conservative when it comes to credit risk management in all of banking. I, they may be the most, I don't know if we can actually measure that, but they are extremely conservative. The question I would raise is if it's the case that they're able to decrease their uh, credit loss provisions, you know, does that mean that they may um, in turn choose to use some of that available capital for more um, originations and maybe open up their originations just ever so slightly in the coming months. Uh, is there a sense that that might happen? Um, you know, I'm not really sure if they're doing this so much for that side of things. I think it's more that they, you know, when it comes to the provision, it's more like that they prepared for you know, deterioration side of things. Um, not so much that they might see a huge uptick in originations, but it's more that, you know, in the second quarter, they up from the first quarter, they up their allowance by like 74%. So they really put a lot aside in the beginning of this. Um, so I think it's more that they did so much early on that now they're, they're kind of like leveling off to where they would kind of normally be um, versus, you know, really putting putting a ton more aside. So I think it's more just, we've prepared, we're good to go if further deterioration happens. Um, and so we don't need to keep putting, you know, more provision. And, th and they've been doing this the last couple of quarters. We've seen them kind of go down. I think it, it decreased from like 30% um, from last quarter where their provision was at like 635 million. And now they're at like 441. And then before that, it fell down a little bit too, since they added like that 74% uptick, like how, I said. How large is U.S. Bank's auto finance business in outstandings? They had, let me see if we have that. So they had um, auto outstandings at 19.7 billion, which was up 1.5% year over year. So, so they're sort of middle of the table, as they'd say in England, uh, mm -hmm. in English footy. Um, and, and what about um, at Ally, uh, which seemed to close out 2020 with some strong uh, numbers? Uh, what's happening at Ally Financial? So, yeah, I can jump in here. Um, Ally had a really strong quarter and actually, you know, all things considered, um, a pretty decent year. Um, you're looking at $9.1 in originations in the fourth quarter, which is... Um, 1 billion increase year over year, um, and the company's best fourth quarter in the last three years. Um, so obviously they're doing something right. Total originations on the year clock in at 35.1 billion. Um, they attributed a lot of that to increased auto decisioning and the use of data analytics. Same old story, they, uh, they kind of fall back um, on every quarter. Um, 
they are kind of moving towards, they've always been more so in the lease department, but lease, or not lease, I'm sorry, used vehicles. Yeah. Um, they, that's taken over a little bit more of their share. I believe it's 51% as opposed to like 39% a year ago, or 49% a year ago. Um, and their weighted average FICO um, is been steadily increasing all year, which is right around 690, um, but still below, um, you know, last quarters. So it's a similar, similar story. Um, you know, they, they're, they're seeing, um, they're seeing growth growth when a lot of um, lenders are, you know, having a hard time. And I think that just comes down to, like they say, uh, disciplined underwriting and really knowing, knowing what customer they're, they're going for. And what about on the credit reserve side? So, so I would say, you know, U.S. Bank and Ally are, are kind of good uh, uh, comparisons to each other because obviously on a, on a FICO basis, U.S. US Bank is at, at the very highest tier um, in terms of credit quality. So, so what about on, on reserves? Uh, so you have US Bank, you know, kind of drastically reducing their credit loss reserves. And what about at, at Ally? I mean, that would be a, a good marker for, um, for lenders uh, in a different uh, credit band. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, the reserve balance has decreased sequentially to 2.9 billion, but that's still a large, large, large percentage of their portfolio. I believe that's 3.9% of balances. Um, yeah. As opposed to last quarter, we were looking at about $3 billion or 4.04% of balances. So, you know, not not as much movement um, on, on the reserve as at US Bank, but US Bank does, like you said, they are a little bit more conservative, not only in, you know, their reserves, um, but, you know, who they underwrite to. They're prime and super prime through and through. Um, so I think that gives them a little bit more lead way in terms of, you know, expected credit losses and what they have to, you know, prepare for. I mean, Ally is also a much bigger lender. That's true. Um, so maybe we should share, like, their outstandings numbers. Like, how did they, what, in term, from an outstanding standpoint, how was the quarter? Outstandings. Let me find it. Uh, 83.1 billion. Right. And yeah, that was, so, that was up on a, on a year over year basis? Or? Yeah. 2.1%. Right. So that's yeah, a significant, so significant it, considering a recession, that's a, that's a pretty significant number. Yeah. Four, like over four times what U.S. Bank is. Right. And you're saying most of that, that growth rate growth is coming in the used side of the business. That's what it seems like. Right. Okay, um, and I know there was also Fifth Third and Huntington came out with earnings uh, recently. Uh, should we just touch on those and how they, uh, where do they fit between the two uh, polar uh, lenders of uh, Ally and U.S. Bank? Yeah, sure. Um, so I think I think for Fifth Third and um, Huntington, it's a different story because we have you know they're substantially smaller in their auto portfolio. They're also regional, but I think it gives us kind of a good metric or yardstick by which we can kind of measure the different ways, um, you know, this recession is affecting auto lenders. So if you look at Fifth Third, right, they didn't really talk a whole lot about their auto and their earnings, except for that it propped up other consumer loans 
other declines in other consumer loans, which kind of gives us an, an, a, a feeling that, you know, there still is consumer demand uh, for these, this particular credit product, as opposed to maybe some others, um, which bodes well for the industry. Um, and then on the Huntington side, you know, I think what was really kind of um, in, indicative on, you know, their commercial floor plan kind of um, balances is the, the inventory shortage um, that we're still seeing. Um, and, you know, they're, <clears throat> they're um, I want to say their, their uh, floor plan outstandings declined 27.2% year over year, which is pretty substantial um, for, for, you know, a bank that, that does a decent amount of floor plans. So I think that that also points to, you know, we're not out of the woods for lack of a better term. I'll fall back on that cliche again. Um, but I, th I think there's still a lot of unknowns that we're going to have to really continue to keep our eye on um, going forward. Yeah, they, um, I mean, if, if from a seasonal perspective, if this inventory issue uh, isn't rectified by the sort of main car buying season, which I guess you'd say kind of starts in late spring, yeah. um, you know, that's really going to sort of change the over the arc uh, uh, of industry performance for the full year. Oh, absolutely. I mean, even if you just look at 2020, right, the pandemic kind of settled in right when that spring bounce is supposed to come tax season, people use that to get current on their loans or to, you know, put a down payment on a new vehicle. We missed all that. And despite um, all that pent up demand we saw in like Q3 and Q4, we still were way behind, you know, kind of a normal seasonal SAR. Right. But you're not, I mean, it's still, it, this isn't on the lenders though. I mean, Amanda, yeah. right. You had that uh, credit availability index, which showed that, um, you know, credit is increasingly being made available. There isn't that kind of constraint, uh, constraint on, on lending that we saw during the height of the pandemic. I mean, it's, it's kind of working its way back. Right. Yeah. And, and one thing lenders always tell me is there's always credit for for, for somebody, right? Somebody will loan you money, right? Um, it just depends on how much you're gonna pay for that money, right? Uh, right. So, but we did see overall a slight in, like improvement in just credit access across auto loans in general. Um, you know, now that's kind of like the overall. And then if you look a little closer to that, you can see that it really was still, you know, a mix though. So a new vehicle financing really tightened um, in December, which is kind of what we've been talking about. Um, but in used vehicles, there was slightly loosening of, of credit standards. Um, and it really also depends on the type of lender. Uh, credit unions really loosened their standards um, by almost 1% in December. And then auto finance companies, the ones who really focus on auto, um, they're the ones that kind of pulled back a little bit. Um, and then captives definitely tightened access for auto loans um, toward the end of the year, which is kind of a little bit what we've been talking about with those high FICO scores and things like that in their earnings. Um, so all of that, you know, kind of plays into this, but overall there, there is, you know, credit access out there. It is climbing back a little bit, um, but it's still down quite a bit, um, you know, from where it was. I think it's down like 5% year over year in December, and it's still 4.4% tighter than in February before the pandemic hit. So it has not really come back um, to where it was before the crisis kind of made everyone really pull back and reevaluate. So it's kind of the, the story. One question that we could leave unanswered is, 
if if Ally has become so dominant in uh, the used car market, how much of that those index results are sort of just center on Ally's uh, used performance uh, or used uh, you know credit uh, availability? But we don't need to answer that question. What is uh, on the slate for the next few days uh, on auto finance news? Yeah. You go, oh, sure. Um, I'll take <laughs> this one. Um, so today we'll have obviously the weekly wrap um, and we have um, some new information on um, some investments um, from Wall Street in uh, refi startups. And then today I'll be tackling uh, Capital One's earnings. Um, we were supposed to do that last week got caught up so now today i'm playing catch up but uh they're coming i promise okay good uh thank you everyone for joining us on the roadmap um we should um i want to encourage you to visit with us at autofinancenews.net and also on twitter and linkedin uh, we'll see you next time next time thanks <laughs>